you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. This is Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., a production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio. I'm Steve Smith Sr. And I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut to it, cut to it, let's get down to it, cut to it. We ask the questions you always want to know. But no one ever asks. Let's cut to it. I don't know if you know, but there's a looming lockout happening. Mm-hmm. Major League Baseball, right? Major League Baseball. Yeah. And so we had a great opportunity to talk to someone who is pretty well in the know. She works for MLB Network, mm-hmm. Alana Rizzo. Got an opportunity to ask her some questions. You asked a few questions, too. You were pretty – I was pretty shocked how much baseball you really knew, but I also know you have your laptop up. Never, so I never, think you, never box a brother in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I boxed you. Yeah, I you apologize. Did. Let me see. I think I got a nickel for the insult. <laughs> all right? But I just – it was cool to hear her talk about baseball, hear her talk about ethnicity, the lockout – how baseball really is when you talk about Ichiro, who played 28 years of his pro- professional career, and then Ozzie, News, uh, Ozzie not Newsom, the ger- former general manager of the Baltimore Ravens, but Ozzie Smith, shortstop, who used to come out and backflip in second base and backflip to come on there, uh, out on the field. Not, I just remember as a kid, or Ricky Henderson, just all those players that really turned baseball into an exciting sport. Now baseball has changed. All these different things that are going on. So, um, you know, she gave us an opportunity to really talk about that stuff. So this is – usually we do evergreen things. 
But this one actually is not evergreen. We got an ace in the hole. This is an ace in the hole. And, and we both saw this as an opportunity. Meredith Carter and Brian Baltashevis. Mm-hmm. Producer, a, producer crew extraordinaire. Yes, do a great job in helping us. And we got an opportunity. So we were able to, um, usually we say squeeze the lemon. Brother, we didn't squeeze no lemon. We got straight lemonade out this thing. So we got that. We got that a one. But yeah, without further ado, we got Alana Rizzo on the Cut to It podcast with a wealth of knowledge about the game of baseball. We're gonna do this section. Want to talk ball? We have the advantage. You know baseball through and through. Backstage, Joe knows baseball through and through. Okay. These two idiots over here, me. Why are you typecasting me? I might know a little bit something about baseball. You liar. You never know. Do you? I might. Might yes or might not? Let's get into the interview. Let's shut Well, shall we? (laughs) All right. So we have this advantage. I've been through a lockout, work stoppage, uh, you know, strike, whoever. Depending on who you're listening to is how it's working. Right, right. Before you talk about that, where do you believe the state of baseball is right now? I think that baseball, actually, despite the fact that there's a work stoppage, is actually in a very healthy place. Um, You think so? I do. I I do think that in terms of, and you just look at the numbers in terms of merchandise and those types of things and fan interest, they're Mm -hmm. up. Um, I have all the faith in the world that they will come to an agreement prior to spring training. Um, I think right now, no one's paying attention because of your sport, because of the NFL. And there's not supposed to be baseball right now anyway. Correct. If this starts creeping into spring training, when the Super Bowl is over, I believe the Super Bowl is the 13th of February. Yes. It's when a, the it's Super Bowl later. is over, that's, and, and there's still, you know, the, the weather's starting to heat up, spring training, you know, starts to get on, on people's minds and there's still nothing going on. That's when I think it's going to hurt us. Mm. Um, I do think that the union, I have a tremendous amount of faith in Tony Clark and I have a tremendous amount of faith in Rob Manfred of, of the league to get this done. And I do think that the union is probably one of the best unions in all of sports. One of the strongest um, unions in all of sports. Not one of the best, one of the strongest. See, the best, the best can get a good deal, but one of the strongest is the united front that baseball yeah. is, mm-hmm. that football hopes we hope and pray to be one day and basketball is is kind of literally 1b but football and hockey bottom feeders Mm. we are bottom feeders in the union when it comes to players versus ownership it's just it is bar none mlb has it together they do. They have a tremendously strong union. And again, Rob Manfred with the league has been doing labor law and, and negotiations for the better part of two decades. I mean, the man is, is, is very, very smart. So I do think that they will come to some sort of agreement. I hope so. Because what happens if be they a- don't? What happens if they don't? Let's just throw that hypothetical out there because I have to say that is because I've been through that work stoppage and it's rough. It's rough. It is rough on players. I don't care how much money you have in the bank. When you have that thought of what you planned on receiving at that time and you don't get it, you know, it it, it makes you a little iffy. 
Mm. It makes you start to squirm. It makes you look like you watched a scary movie. You went to bed and now you have to go pee and walk across the hall. You you don't you don't <laughs> turn on a few lights. lights. Us. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of lights. Exactly. Um, yeah. No. It's it's not. You never want to have a, a work stoppage, and I and it's not even so much. Of course, it affects the players clearly, but it also affects, affects you know the, the 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 folks in work in the concessions yeah, or in the ticket the office or the people that are you know that really. De- I mean. The four of us will probably be fine if we have to go through a work stoppage because of our careers and what we've been able to accomplish and just where we're at in a stage of our lives. But not everybody is that fortunate mm-hmm. to be able to, um, you know, miss a miss a page for work. Um, I, you know, I think instead of just focusing on the economics of the shortage, I think we need to, you know, also work on the game itself and you know, picking up the pace of play. I mean, four and a half hour baseball games, that's not getting it done, especially if you want to attract a younger audience. Mm. Kids these days don't have, two, the, you know, they have the attention span of, of a gnat. Two, two minutes and 15 seconds is the most you can run on a thing we call that snackable content. <laughs> if it's yeah. not snackable content, they ain't downloading and watching P- it. Pitcher needs a shot clock like in yeah. basketball. Yeah. 24 yeah. hour shot clock. You you laughed yeah. at that snackable content. You you guys have had that that's, conversation. That's right? that's good stuff, snackable content. Yeah. But I mean, think about the frenzy that was the signing period before the, the lockout actually happened oh, and mayhem. how exciting that was. Yeah. It, it was, was so exciting. It was like the NBA uh, signing period. I mean, with the Rangers um, spend half a million half a billion half a half a billion dollars on two players on, on really two players and then if i ain't gonna do how, yep. great but i mean marcus Simeon, who who, who yeah. bet on himself talking about betting on himself didn't get a qualifying offer from the a's bet on himself and just parlayed it into a seven-year 175 million dollar deal mm-hmm. that is what i'm talking about who do you think were some of the early winners in, in free agency before the lockout well, for sure, uh, Simeon, for sure. I, I am not surprised that Seeger didn't go back to L.A. Oh, I knew yeah. for a fact me, he wasn't going to New York. Make me sick again. 324, was it 324? 324 million? He had 325. Seeger, 325. My fault. I left that million off. That's gonna be a big, years. Yeah. That's going to be a big loss. That's bigger than a, no, it's bigger than A-Rod's because remember, that A-Rod, the Rangers had the A-Rod contract many stop, years ago. First of all, stop with this money talk because I am a Dodgers fan and I, I – I was upset. They're gonna, yeah, we're yeah, but not, think about it. But, sure, but think sure. about it though. Think yes. about it for a hot second. You I, have to think about seconds. the fact that that Walker Bueller is going to be a free agent soon. You're you're going to want to keep yeah. Walker. Think. I love Corey Seager to death. I I was his first interview when that kid got drafted a mm-hmm. billion years ago. I love him. I love his family. North Carolina folk. I know. I love, yep. I love his family, but. Apart from a couple of years, he has a he, he has was an injury right. history. Yeah. And no, he's a good player. He's a solid, solid player. Beautiful. I mean, like professional at bat all the time, always ready to step in the box and take a swing. But like he has to stay healthy, right? I don't know that I'm gonna pay him eleven years, three hundred and twenty-five million dollars when you have Trey Turner, who's not Corey Seeger, but is a very, very serviceable shortstop that you can move. Trey Turner is not a second baseman. So you move him to short, you have him play short. He can run. He's fast as hell. And and you still have to figure out what you're doing with Bueller, Mm -hmm. what you're going to do with Julio Urias. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm glad they kept Chris Taylor. Talk about a versatile player. The Dodgers are going to be, you guys, they've been to the postseason eight straight years, nine straight years. Like you can't, like they've been to the World Series three out of the last six, they should have won in seventeen. Mm-hmm. So you gotta have that, you know. I mean, I, they I, I should have, have won. a tremendous amount of faith in Andrew Friedman they to get sh- it done. They should have won in seventeen because they were gonna be playing the Yankees, I believe, and already had tickets. Mm. I had 
They should have. They should have won in seventeen because they didn't cheat. That Not was that's what I was tickets. about. Preach. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Listen, <laughs> I had tickets for them to play in New York. Had the tickets in my email. That is why during the World Series, I wanted both teams to lose because you got the Astros who. Yeah, and then the Braves who beat the Dodgers because I'm a, I'm a Dodgers fan as well. So then you had the Braves who beat it. So that is one series I wanted I'm, both teams to. I'm lose. thrilled for the Braves though. I mean, if you had to pick a team, like Absolutely. I mean, Brian Snicker is lifelong. I, I mean, and the, the Hank the Hank Aaron connections between Dusty Baker That's and so Brian sweet. Snicker. I can care less about that. So he's so hard his heart right now. This. So do you see this? <laughs> I love it. I told you I'd, if I could live anywhere, it'd be LA. I told you that. I love so, it. So are the Braves back then? Like, are they back to those '90s Braves? Is there a Crom doll no. No. <laughs> on this brain no. roster no. because there's no Glavin, Avery, Smoltz, Rocker. No, that no it's not the. Oh so they God, are they Rocker. a one shot deal? I don't. Want to, we can talk John Rocker. I mean the Braves. Are, I mean the NL East is a weak division, so yeah. I don't. I don't know that the Braves won't be back there next year. Mm. Um, you know they have decent pitching. It's not the Brewers pitching. Uh, you know, I, I like the top three with the Brewers, and they have the back end of that rotation with Williams when he comes back after punching a wall, and uh, Josh Hader is yeah, just ridiculous. A Hader's a beast. Let me let me so, let me ask you though, because you had said something, and, and I, w- I I would love to get in this conversation with it and hear your point of view, because I do believe it's bias because you are about baseball, and I'm biased because I'm about football. Do you believe that baseball is still part of America's pastime? Yes, I think there is a ridiculous amount of popularity when it comes to football, and I get it. Yes. Um, there's only 16 games in football. 17 there's a hundred. I'm, I'm sorry, I apologize. 17 games in football. There's 162 in baseball. So to have an attention span <laughs> over the course of a whole season for yeah. baseball is tough. Um, football's a a passionate sport it's Mm -hmm. a you know it's a a sport where it's it's appointment television you're going to Mm. you know make sure that you're watching that game i like Um, that appointment television but baseball is a little bit different i think i i think if you think baseball is boring you're not it's because you're not smart not you. I'm just saying in no, general. Talk to him. I talk think, to him. I think, <laughs> I think Joe, Joe played baseball, so he's he's loving this. He's I'm, like, I'm yeah, go, he, here's what he said. Yeah, tell him, stupid. Tell, tell him think, how stupid I he is. I think especially in the National League, baseball is a thinking person's game. I don't want the DH in both leagues. I think it I think it cheapens the sport. Um, I love football. I'm a Denver Broncos fan. I haven't had a team to cheer for, and I cannot believe they traded Von Miller. I understand, but I don't like it. I love football, but – I just think they're two totally different types of sports. And here's my thing about football that I don't like. Everybody gets into the Hall of Fame. Not everybody gets into the Hall of Fame with baseball. I think too many people get into the Hall of Fame in football. <laughs> Time okay. out and a technical. <laughs> Not everybody gets in the Hall of Fame. A lot of people that probably shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame get into the Hall of Fame. We have a class of 2022 I'm, finalist I'm, Steve Smith right I'm now. Close, <laughs> I'm getting close to – I'm up this year, so I'm not going to – I'm not gonna put my foot in my mouth. Yeah, don't don't put. We're not stepping on a white line right now. I'm not jinxing anything. You you had an amazing career. There's a career that belongs in the Hall of Fame. There are certain careers and off the field crap that doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. And baseball has more of like a a A standard, perhaps perhaps a character clause. I'm not gonna. I would like to stay employed, so I'll just. (laughs) I know. I I agree with you. I agree with you saying. 
I think I there's some Hall of Fame stuff. Like basketball's Hall of Fame is like soup. I would say that's the one that's easy to get into. You know, you don't have to win championships. Like some of the people they've thrown a Hall of Fame really quick, like first ballots. It's people that, you know, mm-hmm. you got yeah. So I, that's more I one I would say that's a lot easier than the football. The, the reason I guess I asked about the pastime is because. You know, a lot of now where we are is about ratings, right? And about how many eyeballs oh, are watching. Fo- football crushes it. Yeah. No question. But, but I, I think how much of that how much do you believe that's gambling on it too? I think gambling has increased, right? Increased in the last couple of years. But you look at it, some of the players don't like Thursday night, some of the players do. But when you look at the holidays and you look at how things are going. Thanksgiving now has become one of those things. How many, it was 38.6 million. 38. Oh, million where there was like 17.5 that watched Game 7 of the mm-hmm. World Series. Yeah. Right? Which brings more av- advertising dollars yep. to whoever has more because whoever has the most eyeballs, people believe will But I, I think I think yep. your question was, I think your question was, do I believe it's still a part Absolutely. of America's pastime yep. versus the question is, is it the most profitable sport? Mm. It's not. Oh, I, I mean, ba- yeah. baseball is profitable, but the NFL, and I love how the NFL claims it's a nonprofit organization. No, they lost their, they lost their, part of the lockout thing is they lost their 513C status, so they're no longer, which means. Oh, look at him. Yeah. Look at I used to, be, I actually used to be a player rep. <laughs> Oh, good. I love yeah. that. So, so I, love I, that I, I know all about that. And in the lockout, that was one of the things that they lost uh, when the subpoenas and all that stuff where they went before when we went before Congress and had some of those conversations. Right. They lost. Uh, I believe it was that 2010, 2008, when the lockout started, conversations started happening that was brought to the forefront. And because of that, all 32 teams were no longer part of that. They started fragmenting off and becoming. Um, you know, the Panthers, uh, Carolina Panthers, LLC, the Baltimore Ravens, okay. LLC. So they became okay. LLCs and became those 1099s, W9s versus the 5013Cs because they, they were getting a little bit told on that you're a billion-dollar company with a 5013C <laughs> status, a nonprofit, but you're making all this money. Right. So they, they, they lost that status. So, but, yeah. Uh, a lot of people didn't know that, so kudos for you for that. You, thank you. No, thank you for schooling me on that. I, I you know, I love football. Um, baseball's given me an unbelievable livelihood, so I'm, I'm obviously biased and partial to that because I, I didn't even when I first got my when I received my first baseball job back in 2007 covering the Colorado Rockies. I knew the basics. I knew very little. I had to absolutely learn everything, and now I can't imagine my life without it. So, mm. you know, I'm pretty partial to it. I punched Todd Hilton the side of the head in a fight one time. What? Why? Did, Did he you hit you back? Is the question. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you got hit. Bing bong. I went to Long Beach at first, and I may or may not have had some academic fraud. Um, we don't stop dry to, snitching on yourself. We don't need to get into that part. So I had to transfer. <laughs> you got to learn the snitching code. Don't, I, don't dry snitch on yourself. I had yourself. to transfer to an NAI school in Tennessee because, you know, back then age was everything. If you transferred D1, you had to sit out, and I just didn't want to. So I went to a small school in Tennessee called Cumberland University, which was the destination for every D1 dropout across the U.S. <laughs> we were stacked. We had guys from University of New Orleans. We had. So we're playing Tennessee when did they you, had. Did you just try to say it was a whole bunch of brothers on the team? Is that what you just said? No. Nah. So, <laughs> Atlanta and I continue this nah. conversation. So they had when they had Mos- 
Um, was <laughs> yellow, and they, and, they, and they had. Go ahead. So Helton was on that squad, and they came in like ranked fifth in the nation to play us at our yard, and they were just dogging our field because they were the big shots. You know, they had R.A. Dickey. They had all those guys on the team. Yeah. And, and so we beat them 2-1, played oh. the plate, you know, called them out. We win. So they start running their mouth. So they start shoving. So our catcher, who's now a cross-checker with the Rockies, who actually is the one that found Walker Bueller. So his name's Scott Corman. He was my catcher. Okay. So he, okay. was, he was locked up with, with Helton, and Helton said something about he just signed for whatever million. And I came running, and I hit him as hard <laughs> as I could hit him in the side <laughs> of the head. And it worked. He didn't get up. But, like, yeah, it was a full-on melee. So Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. A- 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 absolutely. It was a melee, but he didn't get up? I mean, you, I hit him and kept going. Like, I wasn't going to stand over the top of him. You got to hit somebody you ain't, else. You ain't, you ain't hit him with the smokey, huh? No. You, <laughs> you got knocked the... You, you, know, hit, you got knocked the... Right. No, I didn't hit him with that. In baseball, Greatest movie ever. you can't be... Sta- you can't no. strike a pose because they're, t- no. they're clearing got, the bench. Yeah, we don't have a helmet on. So you're going to get hit. One way or another, you're going to get hit. <laughs> Someone's uh, going to dub your ass so, back. <laughs> I wanted to sidebar. Sorry, I want to go back to what you said about America's pastime. I agree with you. It is um, baseball's done such a great job of making adjustments to draw in the younger viewer. Mm-hmm. You know, from the seven inning and a double header to starting a man mm-hmm. on second. You know, second, yep. in extra innings. You know, we always go back to the purists of baseball. You've been around a long time. I've been around a long time. How does that make you feel? What There's part of you that says we're making adjustments to make the game better, but then you go to the old school baseball grind it out. How do you feel about those changes? Yeah, it, it's tough. It's tough to have a balance with it because I do see the importance, especially, you know, being in television and, and always wanting to draw that audience and those eyeballs mm-hmm. and, and the mm-hmm. interest and keep it fresh and exciting. It's like I do understand the need uh, based on the way that the world is. If we want to attract the younger viewer, you're going to have to speed the game up. You're going to have to make it interesting. I'm not a huge fan of the strikeout or home run. Uh, you know, the, 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 I, I do believe there's importance and value in putting the ball in play, moving a guy over, learning how to bunt, using, you know, going the opposite way, using the entire field. I think that's important, but these four and a half hour games are crazy. And I understand, you know, them wanting to put a DH in the national league to maybe speed up the game, but you're also jeopardizing, you know, people's jobs. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's fewer opportunities in the one way you look at it. Um, I think there's an importance of recognizing places where there is added value in change, but I don't like, I don't mind as a reporter, I don't mind starting a man on second and extra innings. Cause at a certain point I want to get the heck out of there, yeah. but I don't, I don't think that it's, it's something that should be done in the postseason. I think, yeah, you know, it, that once you get to the playoffs, let the old school baseball All of that come back. Stuff it, it, old school needs to be back, so, and and I, you know this whole thing too with the with the the opener, you know, and and not letting guys go deep into the game, and you get one man on base, and people start freaking out, and there's all these short hooks, and, and if you look back at 2020, you could argue that you know. Kevin Cash's decision to pull Blake Snell won the World Series for the Dodgers. I would agree with that. I love cut to it, and I I love it even more when you download us and subscribe. And you can follow us on social media too, Smitty. Where where at? That's at cut to it on Instagram. What about Twitter? At cut to it. Facebook. Cut to it featuring Steve Smith Senior. What about online? And you can follow us at cuttoitpodcast.com, where you can buy merch, 
and you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. I got all my answers questions. Um, I got all my questions answered. That's what I'm here for, brother. Cut to it podcast.com. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. My son, my 16-year-old son used to play baseball, right, when he was younger. Hell of an athlete, right, looking at his gene pool, right? (laughs) And the thing that was extremely interesting is as he played baseball, my son is a bean pole. He's actually he's six one now, uh, maybe a hundred and thirty pounds, hundred and fifteen pounds. That's like after Thanksgiving, right? So that's the heaviest <laughs> he gonna be, right? As of right now, but he he was fast. But the craziest part is, be, 
he was a placement hitter. He can place the ball. Mm-hmm. But yet, you know, in, in, in Little League and in in middle school, you can have guys come in and out. You know, you can have them bat. Maybe they weren't in field and all that stuff and substitute and they can come back in. But one of the things I noticed was <clears throat> he was not valued with his athleticism on the baseball team because he couldn't bring in runs. And because of that and because of him wanting to play baseball, we started to go to baseball games. I started to pay attention. And when I started to pay attention, one of his teams was – was Bryce Harper. So we we go down to Philly and watch a game. And I watched when Bryce first got there, all that money, they would switch the field and the dude would get out. You got all this money, they switch the field, and he hits it right there. What I'm what I'm getting to is why are home runs overvalued because they're exciting because people want to see the ball go over the fence people don't want the younger generation it goes back to that younger crowd goes right back into to to joe's point earlier it's like the purists want you to move a guy over they they value the 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 style of game that your son presents the newer generation wants to see you smash a ball 479 feet over the wall yeah, I mean, there's value, there's excitement in that too, yes. but that whole mentality of if you strike out, can you imagine Tony Gwynn in today's game? The that, man so never no. struck out. So here's 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 the thing. I grew up not really I played baseball. I thought it was boring for me because I was a kid with ADHD and I, you know, I was always going. Right? I'm a mm-hmm. I'm an adult where my mind is always going. I, I have two switches on. <clears throat> And off, which is sleep. <laughs> when, my, 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 when I'm off, I'm sleep. And I go. My wife calls me a professional sleeper, right? I could be on a 45-minute flight or a 14-hour flight. Brother going to get his snoozes in, right? That's just me. <laughs> That's how I am. But then there was, you know, I remember watching growing up in L.A. And my dad, I'm a Dodgers fan, and my dad was a Oakland A's fan. And I remember Ricky Henderson, right? I remember, I, I remember stealing all those bases. I remember growing up in L.A. and my mom and dad went to Lock High School and Eddie Murray, Daryl Strawberry, right? And then there's this guy who used to do this backflip right before he used to go out with the Cardinals, Ozzie Smith, <laughs> right? Uh, Ichiro Suzuki. Ichiro. 28 years, right, him playing baseball and him being able to place the ball. Last time I checked, if a man could play 28 years in baseball professionally, he might be doing some 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 things right. And, and I've seen some games, um, the Tokyo Swallows. I went to a game out there and watching how they hit the ball in placement. And it can be a 10-13 to 13 game. For me as a consumer, going to Tokyo and seeing those games and seeing – how they were placing the ball constantly. Like, you went to go grab something, he came back. Man, seven runs would be scored. You know what my opinion is on that? I yes. believe, and this is just my opinion. That's why you're here. I, I believe saber metrics have ruined the game. I believe there's a place mm. in – Go deeper on that. Pla- there's, well, there's a place for analytics, right? There's yep. a place for statistics. There's a in place every to sport, inc- you gotta incorporate know. that. But I do think we don't value the eye test enough. I don't believe we, we value playing the hot hand. 
And if, if, for example, and I know the Dodgers well, so I'll, I'll just make this up. If Cody Bellinger can't hit that, you know, that high fastball at his eyes, but he's, he's playing really well this week, let him st- keep him in there. You know, I, I think there's yeah. too much focus on matchups and numbers and mm. again, over a, a pretty large sample size, I can see that there's value in that. But constantly moving stuff around. I mean, you know, as a player, how important being comfortable and and having that communication from your coaches, whether you know it's the head coach or mm-hmm. a wide receivers coach, running backs coach, whatever it is, to know where where you're going to be and, and how you're, you go about your day. And I think, especially in baseball with 162 games. If you don't know where you're going to play in the lineup that day, or you don't know, you know, if you're going to play, I, I just, there's a, there's a place and a marriage for both. I think we're overanalyzing stuff. There's too much information. Making it overcomplicated. It, statistics in baseball is super overwhelming. Well, and it's not even so much statistics like she was saying. It's, it's, analytics. it's, it's the analytics. It's, yeah. it's the shift you were talking about. The reason why Bryce Harper got out is because 86.3% of the time against mm-hmm. a pitcher with a right hand who's 6'3", so so he's hitting the far right. Over here. He's going to hit it over there. Yeah. So the – Analytics is tough, and from a baseball purist mind, the shift is is. I mean, they're even shifting with people on base now, which is obscene to me. And I go and back ask, to, I'm sorry, go go right no, ahead. No, 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 no. And just ask ask pitcher, ask Clayton Kershaw how much he he likes the shift. Well, ask him. I'm sure he, I'm sure he hates it. So he I hates I, it. You know, I wasn't very good, but I pitched as well too from the left side. And I had some success, and like you think about the success you had, and then there was no shift. And I go to Maddox. I went to high school at Greg Maddox. He might not have got drafted today. I mean, he mm-hmm. maybe threw 86, 87 if he was lucky. There's no way they'd even look at him because it's all about the gun now. If you're not throwing 92, 95, 98, it, it, it really, really doesn't matter at all what you do because getting people out isn't really where it's at anymore. It's what are you doing on that gun and what are you doing on your spin rate and your velo and then exit velocity and everything else. It's all Launch about angles. That. So that's all the stuff that's oh, when you, you get into that kind of analytics. That's just well, it's crazy. It's really crazy. There's been managers, and I'm sure not to name anybody, that have been fired because they went with their gut and they didn't go with the analytics. So because, not the, they didn't go with the probability. Yeah, correct. <laughs> and that's and that and that's the thing I lo- you love about baseball. It's there's so many different ways to, to play so, things in baseball. So my question is, is it about the wins or losses, or is it about the strategy? Because if you got a horrible strategy and you don't win, you're going to get fired faster. But if you go with the probabilities and analytics and you still don't win, don't you still get fired? Um, and I'm not trying to be an idiot. I'm Because what I'm hearing you say, what I heard you say as a, in a football mind, which is why some folks going to get fired, you know, in Chicago and some of these other places because they have a great system. They got good analytics, but they ain't put no points on the board. So you can have – you could be the smartest guy in the room, but if you don't have – if you got more L's than W's, then what is it about then? And I'm just trying to get it because I've – on this side of, of the football field now, I see so many coaches – who are the smartest people in the room who have all the answers and who get players who don't even get the players anymore that can fit, you know, fit the scheme and get, they just have a scheme in which 
these square pegs are going to fit through this round hole mm-hmm. and then it doesn't work. And then, it, you know, two or three years, like here in Carolina, where you're going to fire the offense coordinator because his system isn't good, but yet possibly some of your quarterback play has some deficiencies because you're trying to implement your system without really knowing the deficiencies of your players. I I think that's such a key point. I think there's so many times that we have guys running teams now that have never played the game. You got to calculate. I I know uh, they're, yeah, they're, and and not to disrespect their education, their pedigree, everything, but you can't tell me that you're going to teach these guys how to catch on one knee when there's a man on third, a ball gets by him, that guy on third's going to score. And this is, you know, these, these types of, catching gurus that have never not not have they have not even caught in t-ball yeah they got a texas instrument they got a texas (laughs) instrument and so they're a general manager it's just it's frustrating and i think that there's there's so much you know there's so many people now with the the ivy league degrees and, and this type of stuff that doesn't know what it feels like to be a player in that locker room in football or a player in the clubhouse in baseball. Doesn't know what it's like to do that daily grind of 162 games. And, um, you know, you just, some days you just lose your, you, you lose your feel at the Mm -hmm. plate. And I don't know, it's, it's a, it's a tough, it it is at the end of the day, it's about wins and losses, certainly more in football than in in baseball over the, the course of a season. But look at the Dodgers, 106 wins, the giants had 107 wins and then they had to play each other. You know, and and you 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 win 106 wins, and you got a a playing game. You're a wild card. You're you're a playing game wild card. What's interesting, what you just said, it made me think, and you probably haven't noticed it, but that's why there there are very few former players in high ranking positions with teams, because what you're talking about as a player, I'm going, man, that's great. Like we had one time a guy. Stand in front of the team. He was an analytic guy. He was standing in front of the team. He said, hey, in the third quarter, in your first possession, if you don't get convert the third down into a first down, your probability of winning that game decreases by 25%. Oh, great. Well, let's just give up then. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. I got got a better response for you. I said, really? No, no, Sherlock? Mm -hmm. You know why? Because there's only two damn quarters left, and you're running out of time. So let's call a play that that's not called a screen on third and ten. Let's call a play that'll get us the first down, mm-hmm. so we can keep the ball and play keep away. And that's why you don't have a lot of players because the play former players get frustrated because they're they have a guy who what you said is was interesting. I love what you said and it set me up. These guys go to Ivy League, but when you go to Ivy League, they don't play freaking sports. These Ivy League teams don't have really good teams because they're all in the classroom. And not for nothing, you have to know what it's like to be in that person's shoes. You have to know what it's like to be in that clubhouse and go through that grind. Mm -hmm. And, And you cannot simulate game time. Nope. No matter how much you practice. I don't care how many times you practice. I don't care how much you take BP. I don't care. You, the timing is just different. You can't simulate game time. And again, there's, there's value in the knowledge and there's value in disseminating the knowledge to your players in the way that they can understand it. Cause everybody learns differently, but to take out the feel and, and, and the personal 
part of the game, I, I think is, is a huge disservice to the players and, and to the fans. So last question before we, we, we get off on, off of this, and this has been educational. I love it. Do you believe there will be the Tony Gwens, the Ichiro's, the Ozzy Smiths that ever come back that are allowed to kind of play this, to play the baseball game in which we all, whether you like baseball or not, you admired their athleticism. You you admired their how they harness their craft and learned how to play the game as a person, not just as a Texas instrument with analytics and numbers and, you know, shifting all that stuff where it's just like reacting and athleticism and, you know, making that double play and all those unspoken rules that now seem to be going going away because now it's all about home runs and your goal chains and what you look like and, and, and all that other stuff that no longer exists anymore. Yeah, I think that if you want to get paid, I mean, the way that the, the game is going is that you better uh, you better have power or you better be able to, you know, really uh, be a tremendous defender. I, I don't think they people value um, small ball anymore. Um, I guess it depends on, on what on what you want. I mean, yeah. I hope that I think catchers make the best managers because they are like, mm-hmm. you know, the quarterback of the team. They're the only person involved in every single play. Um, I, hopefully, you know, some of these former players will get into management, but the problem is you're not really managing anymore as the skipper, you're kind of the puppet, you know, and it's, it's the 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 front offices that are, they're kind of managing and, and putting in the lineups, not for every team. No, no, I just, just even for a few, that's crazy. That's, that's, that's a lot. That happens a lot where it's, you know, more of the guy on the computer saying like, well, this is who matches up. Well, this is where we're going to put this person in the lineup today. Um, you know, it's, it's an interesting dynamic. I mean, I think there's a lot of good in our game. I I do think that, you know, I, I do miss the, the Ozzy Smiths of the world and the Ricky Hendersons of the world. Mm. And, you know, when, when a guy came into the game, you knew it was game over, you know, either the days when, I mean, the, the days of complete games and God forbid a complete game shutout, that's over. Never. I mean, now, now you get two guys on base and you're out, you know, like you don't, they don't let people work through adversity anymore. With that said, who do you think are those players that would change the game or write for change in the next 10 years? I mean, I love the Buster Posey's of the world, um, you know, Freddie Freeman's of the world. Um, I mean, obviously, Buster just retired and Atlanta better bring Freddie back or that city's going to burn to the ground. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I love guys that still have that uh, the Bryce Harpers. I mean, people that, you know, and, and younger kids, too, that we may not know very well yet. But Juan Soto, watch Juan Soto's at bats yeah, and, and see how see how patient he is and how the command he has of the strike zone at such a young age is, is really impressive. Mm. Um those types of guys, you know, and I, and I love the guys that, that are really good players, but have flair. Um, I think that's important. If you want to attract the, the younger generation, you have to have the Fernando Tatis juniors of the world. You mm-hmm. have to have the Wander Francas of the world mm-hmm. and the Ozzie Albies and, um, you know, Acuna's of the world too. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. I, I like, I like the, the old school style of baseball, but I also understand from a, a marketing perspective and, yeah. and the younger generations coming up, I understand the need for a little bit of flair. 
back in the day, that bat flip gets you hit next time. <laughs> <laughs> right? It gets, back it gets, in the it, day, it gets yeah, you hit. It, get, it definitely gets you hit. You are a unique person. You are well worth it. You are competent. And most of all, you're lovable. I'm Steve Smith Sr. I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., that is me, is a production of Cut To It LLC, Balto Creative Media, The Black Effect, and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From Cut To It, executive producer Steve Smith Sr., co-host Gerard Littlejohn, talent and booking manager Joe Fushi. Social media team, Wesley Robinson and John Show from Balto Creative Media. Cut to it is produced by Brian Baltashevich and Meredith Carter with production assistance by Alex Lebrecht, production coordinator Taylor Robinson. Theme music by Alex Johnson, lyrics and vocals by Anthony Hamilton. If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. It's on. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.